thinking about this movie in relation to Bob's own story, right? Like, I, I totally buy that he sees this movie, like, he sees himself in this movie, and that's why it would be a favorite of his, is because it speaks to his own experience or some of the same questions or themes that he's struggled with in his own life. What I think is fascinating, though, right, is that, like, to me, at least, like, Christ in this movie and Bob end up making completely opposite decisions. Like, I kind of interpret, like, you know, at a certain point, Christ is, like, um, you know, asked to, you know, take the weight of the world on his shoulders, you know, and, and die for everyone's sins and go up on the cross. And, you know, we see this last temptation and ultimately he, he overcomes it and, and he, he, he beats it back. Um, that's what, that's what makes him Jesus, folks. But Bob, you know, not to, not to like speak in such haughty terms, because at the end of the day, he's just a, you know, he's just a musician in the 1960s. But, um, you know, he, willfully shrugged off the 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 weight of the world you know that was put upon him in 1964 1965 1966 and it would be maybe a you know uh, um and in uh a, an ungenerous reading of what he did and where his life would go to say that his retreat you know from the counterculture and into just like hanging out with the boys and the family and having a good time as a musician in 67 and and on into the future be an ungenerous reading to say that that was like him like turning his back on his own responsibilities um you know to some extent but at the same time like that's a i feel like those are very very similar kind of like uh um you know they rhyme together right like the the expectations of the Christ uh in this context versus the expectations of Bob in the 1960s you know would have been similar and they end up making radically different decisions um i don't know I, you know, that, that might be me just reading the tea leaves and pulling too many threads here uh, from the, the status of a Bob Dylan interpreter, but I couldn't help but have that kind of, I, that mechanism just turning in my mind the entire time watching this movie. Well, what if Bob or anyone else isn't meant to relate to Jesus, but you're meant to relate to Judas? Mm. Because to me, Judas is like the pivotal character of this film in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, but- and again, it is like the reason why this film was so controversial. Like Catholics uh, at the time and even now, like hated the idea that Judas would be depicted as a heroic figure, which I think in a lot of ways he is in this movie. That sure. he is a, a person that like put aside his friendship with Jesus in order to portray him because he felt like it was for the greater good. And, you know, Bob Dylan was literally called Judas at a very, you know, famous point in his career. Uh, So, you know, so if we're going to, like, you know, go down the path that you were going down, like, we're... Because I do think it's interesting. I I do think that for someone like Bob Dylan, he could credibly feel kinship with Jesus. Sure, watching as, as insane as that as that is to say for anyone, one of he the few a, people on the face of the planet that it wouldn't be like right. kind of a major ego trip to feel to feel some sort of relationship with affinity for this. Character. No, I think that when a certain critical mass of people think of you in something like that way, then uh, that's what makes you like Jesus, and that's what this movie is really great about showing. I mean, that that aspect of Jesus and his story, which is undeniably true, is something that this movie explores, which is that it's a, it's so much more about 
it, I mean, more than most depictions and most explorations of the character and the story, it's about what other people think of what he does and about his lack of control over what that is. Um, there's some important scenes where what Jesus does is misconstrued. Um, sometimes what he does is totally um, received immediately in the moment, like it's uh, in the like in the stories, and like as we would expect. Like he says, basically, uh, he who casts the first let he who casts the first stone uh, let or let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. He doesn't actually say those words in this, but that scene happens, and it it is received, and then the people he says that to have a realization but there's other moments when he says something else while he's trying to figure out what exactly he wants to say how he wants to say it and the power that he has when he says it has people running to start killing people before he's even finished the sentence and that is something that dylan is very much like and in in the sense that like when we talk about, especially you know Dylan's early work um, and his political work, I, it's political incidentally. I think now we can look back and see early Dylan, um, you know, times that are changing and Masters of War. These things are Dylan using his inherent power and charisma and artistry in a in a direction that was parallel to very strong currents in the world. And that combination was irresistible to people. They they couldn't help but associate him as being the voice of what was going on. But in reality, he was just using what he has to make a, some something about that. Uh, then, like he would go on to kind of run away from that. Uh, and in this narrative, Jesus runs into a very similar dynamic where he he recognizes sometimes too late that his power has this ability to move people in a way that he can't actually directly control. It's interesting thinking of those early 60s songs that you were alluding to, because, you know, when Dylan started out in the protest singer movement, it was this very unambiguous, righteousness that was driving a lot of that and that was what people really connected to at the time uh that you could hear a song like masters of war and you knew exactly what he was talking about and uh you could get behind it in a very sort of i'm gonna say superficial i don't mean that in a negative way but like just, you, you can you can get behind that song without thinking about it too hard sure it, it clearly very soon after that he decided to embrace a more sort of multi-dimensional ambiguous type of perspective in his songs where it wasn't quite as clear and that if you were trying to make a moral uh, sort of binary it wouldn't be as easy to do and just to kind of go back to the with god on our side thing that i was bringing up before i mean to me the most profound thing about Last Temptation of Christ is the way they treat Judas. It's so unlike any other depiction of that character, you know, in, even in the Dylan song with God on our side, he's he's used as an example of like a bad person 
using God as justification to, to do bad. But in this film, Judas is a character where it's like a more modern Dylan-esque uh, perspective where he does this bad thing, but it actually ends up being for the good of humanity because Jesus needs to be crucified in order for humankind to see that death can be transcended and that God exists. And, you know, without his crucifixion, there's like not the sort of grand example that the rest of the Christian world is going to see. And that's going to make them believe, you know, like that's kind of the point of the movie. And it's just a, to me, it's very fascinating to treat Judas like that, you know, because it is, I think, more in line with like how like a more modern Dylan song would be. That like the thing that you would think would be sort of, um, you know, sort of antithetical to like the central point of like goodness uh, ends up being the best thing you could do. You know, I I just think that's yeah. such, such a fascinating point of the you, movie. 